Welcome to the College Baseball Nation podcast. I'm your host, John Peters, and I'm joined today by Kyle McKelvey. Today on the podcast, we are previewing the second weekend of college baseball. Let's talk college baseball. What's up, Kyle? How's it going? Pretty good. Getting uh, a little bit more sleep, getting into the whole parental leave kind of thing, you know? Oh, nice. Yeah. Maximum time for college baseball, right? That's why you took some paternity leave. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I timed it up perfectly with the beginning of the college baseball season. Excellent. I'll be joining you in uh, a few weeks so we can uh, be stay at home dads watching baseball together. (laughs) I think you mean watching the babies together. Oh, yeah. Watching (laughs) watching the babies together. <laughs> Kyle, I have a question for you. Now that we're in the, the college baseball season, what's the what's your favorite ballpark food? What's your go-to if you go mm. to a ballpark and have to go buy something for $12 from the concession stands? Well, I love bread. That's something that everyone <laughs> needs to know about me. I love any kind of bread. So I'm gonna so go. You just, with you, you just want like a sourdough like roll no, or no. something. I, <laughs> a, I'll go with pretzel. Give me a pretzel. pretzel with some cheese on it, uh cheese to dip in it. Uh, a little bit of salt, probably not overloaded with salt because, you know, that's not exactly healthy. But I went to a game at AM last year for the, in the postseason, and they have the best pretzels. If, if you're ever come back down to the Houston area, we need to go to a game so you can get one of their pretzels. They are amazing. <laughs> All right, you need to find a, a secret recipe. Or it's probably yeah. just like a frozen thing or something. <laughs> no, I well, maybe, probably <laughs> still. But it's it was like flaky and warm, and it was amazing. It, it's like... Is well known amongst I give baseball beat writers that that it's like an amazing pretzel. What about you? What's your answer? <laughs> the legendary pretzel. Uh, I think I'm um, classic hot dog. Hot dog with some ketchup on it. Uh, that's my go-to. I have fond memories of dollar hot dog nights at Texas Rangers games growing yeah. up. Wednesday nights in the summer, getting the like two dollar bleacher seats when Texas the Rangers were really bad, and then like three or four hot dogs and like doing the whole day for like six or seven bucks. It was that's a pretty, pretty nice, pretty great thing for a high schooler. That's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, that's true. So you, you, uh, you like ketchup on there. I know a lot of people hate putting ketchup on hot dogs for some reason. I, I I'm a ketchup guy myself. But... Yeah. I I'm actually kind of like a, a generalist when it comes to hot dogs. I think you could put literally anything on it and I would probably eat it. Yeah. yeah I, Chicago I, dog. Yeah, I would do I'll do all the relishes. I'll do the mustards. Like if I am at a game, though, I probably like it a little bit simple. Just Me too. throw some ketchup on it. Have you ever had a Chicago dog? One with like everything? Is that the one with peppers on it, too? Or what's the? Yeah, what's I think it's got peppers, pickles, probably some other stuff. Yeah, some kind of a relish. I think some some sort of mustard. I'm not a fan of pickles, so I get those off. But otherwise, it's still really good. Mm, that's right. Yeah, no pickles for Kyle at the baseball game. Absolutely not. All right, it's time for our top story of today, and we're doing a twofer with our top stories. It's going to be two big individual performances, with the first being one of the statistically rarest things that you can have in a baseball game, and that's Trey Morgan pulling off the cycle all natural. What that means, single, double, triple, and a home run in order. That single happened in the second inning against Southern University uh, followed up by a two RBI double in the third, a three RBI triple in the fifth, and a three run blast in the sixth to finish off the natural cycle. He did this in a seven inning game. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty wild. wild. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. 
I, I didn't know that this was something that's called natural cycle. I didn't know. Is that just something that we made up as, as baseball fans? Or like, I don't know. I mean, that's everything in baseball. It's just well, made up. Okay. I mean, like we, <laughs> you and I, or no, like, that's a, that's a, no, no, that's a real thing. Yeah. Natural <laughs> okay. cycles are, are real things. Um, okay. But yeah, you did some research and major leagues are super rare, right? I, I didn't do this. Um, person I just mentioned, Lee Van um, tweeted this. The, uh, the cycle has only been done in order. 14 times in MLB and out of like, I think I looked up 340, 339 right, like cycles altogether. So it's like a three, 4% thing to happen. Maybe 2%. I forgot what it was, but yeah, yeah so of it's, all cycles. Super, it's super rare, super hard to do in MLB. Uh, probably don't, <laughs> we don't have this kind of data going back to the histories of, of college baseball, but I imagine it's equally rare. It's, it's uh, really impressive. Yeah. Heading into, uh, the game train Morgan had a little bit of a shaky start, not shaky start, a little bit of an unfortunate start. Some bad luck. Jay Johnson was calling it, but uh, getting four hits in one night, that's going to boost your average a little bit. Yeah. Uh, eight RBI to go with it. So not, not too bad of a day for Trey Morgan in a, in a game that like early with Southern, it was a tight game. Southern had the four, nothing lead. Uh, Thatcher heard a little bit inconsistent with command early on. Christian Little came and really settled down that game. And then Trey Morgan just, I mean, pummeled it. <laughs> just yeah. piled on those runs for, and, for LSU. And you mentioned a two RBI double, three RBI triple. What I want to see now is a, a natural cycle in order with a one RBI single, a two RBI double, three RBI triple, and then a, a grand slam. That would be that's a, just asking for too much. I know. Yeah, it'd just be like a statistical oddity that would be really fun. And so the second half of our top story is we had our first no-hitter of the year. Oklahoma State threw a combined no-hitter, which is the first combined no-hitter for them in three decades. They did have a individual no-hitter from Justin Campbell just two years ago. But uh, five pitchers combined, starting with Jansen Heisel, Five and a third, no-hit baseball, followed by Stevens, Blake O'Toole, and Nolan McClain getting the save. Uh, it took an eighth-inning home run by David Mindham for Oklahoma State to get on the board. I was I was, wor- I was worried that they were going to go into the ninth with a no-hitter and a 0-0 tie. And yeah. that's just like the like toughest thing. You go to the bottom of a ninth and you're a hitter and you know that your staff just threw nine no-hit innings and you haven't done anything as a hitter. But David Mendham drove in Rock Riggio to get a uh, uh, a two-run lead for Oklahoma State heading into the ninth where, I mean, Nolan McClain, if you have any guy that you want to uh, that you want to finish off a combined no-hitter, that's, he's up there for me. Yeah. And it took some really uh, amazing plays over at third base. Um, Aiden Miola, I think. Aiden Miola. Um, he had two really incredible plays. One one was in the top of the third inning. It was like a hard hit shot to the third base that went like well past the bag. And he lit, like laid on the ground, picked it up, didn't reason really stand Just laid on the ground. <laughs> he just laid he, on the ground and gave up. <laughs> I mean, he well, he didn't even like stand up all the way. He didn't have time. And he still got to play the ball over to, to first. And then... The one in the the one in the ninth eight. was wild. That, that was, was like wild. that was like MLB type of like like that yeah. that was like you'd see that for sure in a major league stadium. It was yeah, it was like a dribbler down the, the third baseline and he barehanded it, threw it over, got it just in time. Yeah, it was two really cool plays. And I mean, every no hitter like has to have those kind of plays. You know, it's it's a uh, 
it's it's just what comes with it. It's really cool. I would love to see the expected batting average for that little dribbler because I bet it's like 80, 90 percent. Like it was yeah. like it was so slowly hit, just kind of nubbed down a third baseline and like running throw. And it was like on target. It was didn't first base and didn't even have to do much of a stretch. Very impressive way to keep a no hitter. Next up, we have our favorite go-to segment, especially early in the year. We have a little bit of something or nothing. And three topics this time, Kyle, you and I have to decide whether or not these are big deals or not. Something or nothing. Let's start it off, Kyle, with you. Midweek upsets. We had several of them last night, Tuesday night. Lamar over Texas A&M, Central Arkansas over Vanderbilt. Louisiana Monroe over Mississippi State and Cal over Stanford. Those are all road teams that were ranked lower, taking down ranked uh, opponents, top 50 opponents on the road. Something or nothing, Kyle, what do you think? Uh, It is too early in the year to get freaked out over a midweek loss in most situations. I think it's I think it's fine pretty much every time. the Mississippi State one kind of shows a trend of bullpen not being fantastic. They, I think there was a, let's see, it's 10 runs in the fifth, sixth, and seventh in- innings um, that they let up all because of their bullpen pretty much. So it's showing signs of, of like not hit the panic button yet, but maybe hit the worry button, like the, the nervous button. Is that a thing? Hail State fans are way ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're they've been banging that button since VMI knocked them off over the weekend. <laughs> Yeah, but other ones, it's baseball. It's a long season. Things happen. I think it's fine. Uh, I watched a little bit of that the Vandy game. They, I mean, they looked fine. There was nothing that was like wrong. Sometimes the the posing pitchers has a great day. Like yeah, that's all this all happens. Hashtag that's baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Caliber Stanford. If I were to pick out another one that was maybe a little bit of something, but I'm going to say that's a little bit more something for Cal because Cal did go on the road to start the year and won a series at Houston, winning a midweek over a rival. It's like, I think that Cal team, it's a team that I have pinned as we should consider them for our top 50, depending on how things play out this weekend. So that Cal um, team's looking pretty solid, uh, but same same as before. This is a nothing, a big old nothing for me. Game four for most teams. Let's, let's give them at least a couple weeks before we press the panic button on them. Absolutely. Something or nothing. Southern missed through their second one hitter of the year last night against new orleans they threw a combined one hitter after opening the year against liberty with a combined one hitter is that something or nothing i'm gonna go first on this one this is a something for me i I think this is the fourth game of the year and they have two one hitters that is (laughs) absurd uh, they also gave up just one extra base hit last night. So that means that on the year they've given up two extra base hits in four <laughs> games. <laughs> that is really hard to do. This is absurd. This is this pitching staff after losing uh, uh, Hurston Waldrop. I always get Thatcher Hurd and Hurston Waldrop switched Thatcher in my mind. Hurston Waldrop. Yeah. Exactly. So after losing Hurston Waldrop to Florida, um, I think it's easy to start saying like, okay, does Southern Miss have the pitching depth and what do they do in the first time that their pitching depth goes on display in the midweek game, they throw a combined one hitter. I think this is a case of Southern Miss is exactly who we thought they were a really, really good pitching team. Yeah. Deep pitching staff that, I mean, what you want to see is high strikeout numbers and low walk numbers last night, 15 strikeouts and two walks. And it was just new Orleans, but I mean, new Orleans isn't terrible. 
if there's anything in college baseball, like it doesn't matter who you play, it's easy to walk a guy. It feels like yeah. I mean, there especially early in the year, there can be so many walks. Walks can be just totally out of hand. That is a, a huge strikeout to walk ratio there. That is a, a big something in my opinion. Yeah, and it just shows the depth of of the Southern Miss pitching staff. Like that's kind of what you need to make it in the postseason is not just the Friday, Saturday, Sunday because you need some guy to hold you over to the next day until you're like while your main like rotation guys get a, a rest. Yep. Something or nothing, Kyle. Another one here is Hunter Elliott was scratched from his start this weekend. Uh, Ole Miss's ace was scratched with forearm soreness. In your opinion, is this something or nothing? Um, I I guess we'll wait on on the uh, the MRI, right? Um, it could be something. Their, their pitching staff is still pretty solid, but um, if he goes down, then that just takes a blow at the depth. So yeah, I'll go something maybe for now. I'm going to go something here. So in the short term, it's something losing your ace against a Maryland team that's coming into town. Mm -hmm. That's for this weekend. That's something Maryland is a regional team hosted a regional last year um, is a, a a very formidable foe. So just in the immediate term, that's a something for me. And then in the long term, this is maybe the pessimist in me, but I feel like every Tommy John starts with just a little bit of soreness in the forearm yeah. and i don't know just the fact that they're doing an mri this feels like he's gonna be out for the year but that's just a pessimist to me it's not like we have any privileged information on this i'm just i'm worried yeah i'm a little yeah i would be a little bit worried too just i never like to get an mri like i never like to hear that someone got an mri i also got an mri somewhat recently but everything mm -hmm. was fine tommy john <laughs> <laughs> no it was uh if you can get tommy john in the knee then that might have been it but ah uh, yeah <laughs> all right so uh i'm calling that one a something yeah let's go next up a segment that we haven't done in a little while on the podcast it's a good old-fashioned what are the odds I'm going to give you a scenario and we're going to figure out what the odds are of that scenario happening. We have three scenarios. And the first one is, uh, I think, a fun little practice just probability here. What are the odds of LSU losing a game this weekend? LSU is off to a 4-0 start with a sweep of Western Michigan. Last night, they uh, run-ruled Southern at 18-4. This weekend, they have the Round Rock Classic coming up against Kansas State, Iowa, and Sam Houston State. Kyle, I'll give you a stab at this one first. What are the odds of LSU losing a game this weekend? Yeah, and so, I mean, I think if you go into it, it's like you said, it's a practice and probability, and probability is never easy, but... Um, if you go into each game giving LSU even like a 90% chance to win each game, um, we did the math. If like losing any one of those games is still like a 27% chance of losing one of them. So that uh, is, it's really hard to, to go undefeated, of course. But I think LSU individually looking at these teams, I think they're, they're hands down better than all of these teams. So if you look individually, I think it's fine. But just looking at the probability, um, it's possible, you know. I'm gonna say one out of four. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I like your math. I'm gonna give them a 90% chance to beat each of Kansas State, Iowa, and a 95% chance of beating Sam Houston State nice. together. That means 77% chance of sweeping, so 23% chance of losing one game. 
which is wild, right? This is the mm -hmm. a super team, and it feels like they shouldn't lose, but that's baseball, right? It, rare events happen. I would flip your Sam Houston State and Kansas State one. Sam Houston I don't know. State's pretty good. Pretty I don't think I don't think Sam Houston State's that good this year. All right. Well, LSU's probably still going to win, so we can't really uh, make a bet yeah. on that. But <laughs> all right. Next up, what are the odds of Miguel Santos from Dallas Baptist hitting another Grand Slam this weekend? And I said another, Kyle. Why, why would I say another Grand Slam? Um, I think it's because he's already hit two Grand Slams. <laughs> he's in hit a Grand Slam in his last two games, both of them <laughs> in the second inning. Kind of oh, fun. Uh, yeah, he drove in uh, uh, Manpool and Jay in the second inning against Fordham on Sunday uh, in a game that Dallas Baptist ended up run rolling Fordham. Uh, and then uh, in the midweek game against UT Arlington, headed on the road, Santos drove in Grady, Poole, and Jay again. So two of the three same guys he drove in for that Grand Slam uh, in a game that Dallas Baptist also ended up run ruling their opponent 14-3 against UT Arlington. So that's back-to-back -back games with the Grand Slam. And Miguel Santos do it a third time. What are you going to give the odds of this, Kyle? I mean, he's done it two in a row, so it has to continue, right? Uh -huh. Yeah, it's a, it's a pattern, so <laughs> yeah. we don't like patterns it's breaking. tradition really. at this point. I, I mean, I would give it like a 5% chance, and even that's still like impressive. He's batted, so in the two times he's done it, I think he's batted cleanup where you want it to happen. Yeah. Does that does that mean they batted around in the first inning too? I don't know. It must be, because usually it comes up in the first inning when that happens. But Yeah, the fact that he did it in the second inning. <laughs> it's uh, both strange times. both times. But um, yes, impressive, impressive start by Miguel Santos. And yeah. Good. So I, I I was looking at his his frequency of home runs. So last year he had 237 at bats, 10 home runs. That's a home run every 24 at bats. So that's not super frequent. You know, any given weekend you're only expecting to get what like 12, 15, 16 at bats, something like that. So um, that would maybe put him at pretty good odds of having a home run this weekend, but still no guarantee. If you look at this year's rate, though, three home runs and 18 at-bats, that's <laughs> one every six at-bats. So then you start to get the odds of him just hitting a home run this weekend go up. So I'm going to say he will hit a home run this weekend. So I I'm just going to, yeah, if I say that's pretty good odds of that, what are the chances that he comes up with the bases loaded when that happens? Yeah, I'm going to put it at like a little bit lower. I'm taking like 2% chance he hits a grand slam this weekend, but uh, uh, wouldn't that be cool? That would be really cool. Let's see. I'm trying to come up really quickly with the uh, average uh, at bat or home run per at bat last year. It was uh, 3%. So like home, home run every, I don't exactly know how many that is. <laughs> so 3% of that bats had a home run in them. Um, in all of college baseball? Last year. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And he's definitely, I mean, he's had, he's at one out of six this year. So he's at, he's at 16% right now, 17%. So he's doing a little better than the the national average. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I did, I did the, the opposite way. It's every 33 at bats, there's a home run. So that's, that's what you did last time. So he yeah. was doing a little bit better last year than the national average. And doing um, absurdly better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, another home run related statistical question was what are the odds of Chase Mora from Texas State hitting his fourth straight home run? All, yeah, literally, so literally all this guy does is rake. Yeah. So he's he's got three at bats. All three of them are homers. Literally all a, he does is rake. This is the first is, time the, ter the word literally has been used correctly. On this this is a, a slugging percentage of four, which means like. <laughs> 
everything you do is homers. He's got He's eight RBIs. Thousand right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think based on the odds, yeah, we got to make this hundred percent. Like I'm it's guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I cannot believe. And so, I, so my first instinct was like, oh yeah, let's you know look to see. <laughs> let's look to see how he did last year. And I learned that Chase Moore is a freshman and that he weighs 154 pounds. Oh my God. 154 pounds, six foot freshman has a hit three home runs and three at bats. He's from so, the land of Kendall Rogers. Tomball, Texas. Near Tomball. Yeah. yeah uh, I'm going to put this at like 0.5% that his next at bat is a home run. Oh, man. It would be <laughs> equally funny if he hit, if he hit like three more or went like over for the next. Like for the rest of the last home runs of his college <laughs> <Yeah>. career. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just meant this year, but I mean that. Yeah, that'd be wild. Yeah, uh, it was against Northwestern, and combined Texas State put up a whopping fifty-six runs against Northwestern. Yeah, yeah they're um, really good this year. Yeah, very offensive. That's for sure. Oral Roberts should put uh give them a little bit more of a challenge this weekend. So uh, odds of, of Ch- Chase Moore hitting his fourth straight home run. Let's let's put it at less than one percent. Nah, fine. Next up on the podcast, we have the fastest segment of them all. 10 picks in five minutes. Looking ahead to this weekend's games, we have 10 series that we have pre-selected for each other. We're trying to stump the other person, trying to give them really tough series to pick. Also trying to find some fun series in here. Uh, And so 10, 10 picks back and forth. You have 30 seconds to defend your pick. You'll get buzzed if you run out of time. Are you ready, Kyle? Let's do it. Aye, aye. <laughs> aye, Captain. Uh, all right. Uh, up first, I think you are giving me a pick. Yeah. What did I give you first? Oh, yeah. This is a, a really good series, fun series in Nashville. Um, we've already touched on Vandy a little bit. So um, UCLA traveling to Vandy. Trying to eat up all my time there. Well, all right. can start now. <laughs> uh, I want Vanderbilt in this one. I do think this is going to be a pretty interesting series. Uh, uh, we should see some high quality pitching. I think both teams are more pitching oriented this year. And uh, Vandy, at least up until their midweek game, has shown some pretty good signs of life on pitching. Uh, give me the home team here. It's a long way for UCLA to travel. Uh, I'm giving you uh, Michigan at Cal State Fullerton. This is a fun one. I, I looked at Fullerton's schedule, and it looks uh, like a really fun like non-conference streak. They always um, schedule well, even no matter yeah. what, they schedule well. Yeah, but give me Fullerton here. They surprised me in, in how well they competed against Stanford, the returning uh, not top two seed last year in the tournament. Uh, they competed well, even though their bullpen kind of blew up. Michigan's bullpen also it wasn't that good, so Friday night games will be fun. Uh, Saturday afternoon and Sunday games will be uh, high runs. How about that? Has Michigan left California, Arizona yet? They were just in Phoenix. Yeah, no, I guess not. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they should just stay. Um, next up, giving you uh, the Pirates of ECU traveling to UNC. This one's weird. This one's two games actually at U- ECU oh. and one game at UNC. So they're okay. doing they're splitting the series. And um, I went back and forth on this one. Uh, I think I'm going to go with UNC and I don't feel good about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I mean, ECU gets two of these games at home, but um, 
uh, Spivey for ECU opening day only went two in a third inning. He got kind of blown up. I think his whip was like four or five or something like that in those mm-hmm. just couple of innings. Uh, I, I probably, if I were to bet, would be more likely to settle down than to uh, to have another outing like that. But that doesn't doesn't bode super well for me. Give me UNC on this one. All right, here's another one for you: Arizona State at Mississippi State. Uh, I initially picked Mississippi State, but I changed it after some research and after seeing that Mississippi State lost another game last night. Their bullpen is just is too uh, iffy for me. Arizona State has a uh, Christian Curtis AM transfer on Saturday, and then their Sunday starter also was really good. They had a 1-0 pitcher's duel um, versus San Diego State, I believe. Um, and yeah, like their their pitching staff is like really solid and their offense. I just I'm just a little bit worried if their offense can keep up with the hot Mississippi State bats, but go ahead and give me Arizona State. And now next for you will be Auburn traveling to USC. Just kidding. That series got moved to Auburn. So USC at Auburn. Yeah, that's what actually influenced my decision as well. Uh, I think that's a long way to travel. Give me Auburn at home over USC for sure. I think it's a little bit more of a coin flip if it's at USC, but mm-hmm. I think Auburn uh, is the is the favorite in this one. All right, we have another team traveling out west, Alabama, going to Pepperdine. What's the pick here? Oh, I missed that. Um, I'm going uh, Alabama here. I think the only way Alabama loses this series is if they're too distracted by the beach looking out over left mm. field. Yeah, it's a, it's a really a, nice stadium. It's hard to imagine a better view in all of college baseball. Yeah. BYU's is also pretty nice with the mountains in the back. Yeah, it depends on if you're a beach guy or mountain guy. Yeah. Uh, next up, wait. Yeah, next up for you is Maryland going to Ole Miss. Even with Elliott being out this weekend, uh, I thought Maryland struggled a bit, especially Savakul, uh at USF opening weekend. They did win that series, but Ole Miss is a whole lot better than USF. Speaking of, USF at FAU. Uh, I'm going to go USF. They impressed me with um, taking that game one over over Savakul. He... Uh, Savakul did like settle down kind of in the middle. He had like a few, like two home runs that were pretty much the difference and like what drew, uh, pushed him out, but he still pitched six innings and yeah, pretty solid. impressive recovery. Yeah. Um, and I know that USF lost that series, but yeah, I, f- I feel good about USF here. So give me uh USF. And now next for you is Mizzou going to FIU Florida international. Yeah, this one's tough. I think there's a few wild cards in this one, especially with how Mizzou played at the college baseball showdown. It makes you feel like really that the they're poised to uh, potentially have that hangover type of weekend. FIU has been one of those teams who surprisingly recruited in like a top 50 fashion for two or three years in a row, but hasn't been able to put that recruiting into wins it feels like every year i take a look at fiu in the preseason thinking like maybe this is the year and i don't know if it is so give me mizzou that's fair and last but not least actually one of the best series of the weekend florida state at tcu it's the battle of three-letter acronyms (laughs) what i really want to see is fsu or uh, tcu and gcu play oh just sound too similar they're both purple and white yeah um i took tcu in this one it's in fort worth TCU really impressed uh, in this weekend at College Baseball Showdown. They they had a, a bunch of errors against uh, Mizzou, and it's like 
pretty much the main reason they lost that game, in my opinion. Um, I think they probably won't have five or six errors again. So um, I, I, give me TCU, but I, I still think Florida State has a, a chance to take a game. And if that's the case, then anything goes, really. Coin flip. All right, my five picks. I'm getting Mandy at home, UNC, one-third home, two-thirds on the road, Auburn at home, Ole Miss at home, Mizzou on the road. And I'm taking Fullerton over Michigan, Arizona State over Mississippi State, Alabama over Pepperdine, USF over FAU, and then TCU at home. I have uh, three road wins winners. Yeah, that's my secret. I'm always I giving know. you these road favorites. I tried to do it for Auburn and USC, but it, the weather had literally <laughs> literally flipped on you. Yeah, it's too bad. Mail time. You know what that sound means. It's mail time. And we have a couple questions from Instagram to answer today. First, from Yanks only on Instagram. How far can Wake Forest reasonably, realistically go this year? I'll take a stab at this one first. My takeaway on Wake Forest was they're better than I thought they would be, which is I think we were already pushing them up uh, preseason uh you know top 10 team and acc favorite despite having not made it to omaha in 50 years we were thinking of them as an omaha team and they played the part they were missing teddy mcgraw opening weekend and i haven't seen reports yet whether or not he's going to be back the reports were that it was more like a general soreness not a like you know general soreness with an mri coming a la hunter <laughs> elliott um but without teddy mcgraw uh they still looked i mean their pitching staff still look great, but obviously it's hard not to talk about Wake Forest without talking about their offense. Brock Wilkin, all he does is hit home runs. Nick Kurtz had a two home run game. Um, Nick Kurtz is currently uh, uh, batting right in front of Brock Wilkin in the lineup, and so that's a pretty good spot to be in a lineup. Uh, he's getting a lot of pitches thrown to him, but also he's just a huge human being on his own. So uh, those guys in the lineup and with plenty of guys with some offensive power throughout the lineup, I think it's the type of team that uh, if their starters are on, they'll win a lot of games 10 to one. If their starters are off, they'll win a lot of games 10 to five. I think they're just, I think they're really, really good. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, they're really good. If you win your division uh, in the ACC, that could vault you to a top four national seed, which was, I mean, I think we saw that in the, in the recent past. Um, so that, that would be really impressive if they could, if they could do that. And who knows, like anything goes at that point, top four national seed last year made it to the semifinals at A&M or uh, Virginia Tech didn't even make it to Omaha. So anything can go there really. Any other top four seeds that didn't make it to Omaha, Tennessee? Oh, Tennessee? Uh, maybe Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and speaking of national seeds, we already got people thinking about that. Of course, can Southern Miss be a national seed? Thanks, Dawson, on Instagram for this question. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Kyle? I'll let you take a stab at this one first. I think it's too early to uh, start thinking about that. It's only the second weekend of the year. Cool your breaks, everybody. But um, I... I think they have the team to be able to do it. Weren't they a national seed last year? Eight? Yes. To, eight. to to be technically correct, which is the worst kind of correct, there are no <laughs> such thing as national seeds anymore. Oh, sure. all, no, they were, all, they were the 11th all six, seed. All 16 teams are considered the national seed. True, now. true. Yeah, it's hard, uh, to, it's hard to beat that into people's heads that it's, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing. Um, I think it's going to be challenging for them 
Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 just challenging for uh dirty word alert mid-major teams to yeah. uh be national seeds. Uh I, I don't think so one, don't read into RPI right now at all. But Warren Nolan takes a stab at doing predicted RPI. He has their RPI in the 30s. I think that Southern Miss will be better than that. But this is projecting Southern Miss to win 36 games and 21 in the Sun Belt. It's actually probably going to be a little bit hard for them to win too, too many more games than that. But I could see them as a 40 yeah. to 45 win team. Um, it, yeah, this is this is different though. Like that last year, they dominated the CUSA. They they won the CUSA by three games, and now they're in a little bit harder of a division. I mean, a I harder think that, league that plays to their advantage. And we're already seeing, you know, App State and Troy uh, have started off the year four and zero. Marshall, Texas State, three and zero. The conference as a whole has the fourth highest winning percentages of all the conferences. So this is. Also, this is a time of year when you're not supposed to overreact about anything, but this yeah. is also the time of year where you rack up those non-conference wins as a conference so that your conference RPI um, goes up. And uh, what, we're, what we're seeing now is from the Sunbelt so far is that the Sunbelt is is probably going to be a top five, top six RPI type of conference. So I think, yes, Southern Miss can be national seed, top eight seed. I think they're probably going to have to win like 42 to 45 games to do that, which is is hard. I think you've said conference too many times. Conference. It doesn't sound like a word anymore. Well, let's end this conference call, Kyle, and wrap things up right there. Anything else you're looking forward to this week and week two of college baseball? Uh, The Round Rock Classic is going to be good. We already touched on FSU, TCU, um, a few other games. BYU at Louisiana is kind of interesting. Indiana at Texas can... Obviously, Texas is not going to go winless, and they just won last night, but... Um, UCF at Clemson is also kind of fun. See if Eric Backage can keep up that streak. But yeah, there's more baseball, really. More baseball. That's the best part about weekends now is that from here until the end of the MLB World Series, there's going to be baseball played over the weekend. That's so long. That's a long time <laughs> from now. In college baseball, we get another four months up before we, we go eight months without. Thanks for listening to the College Baseball Nation podcast. And thanks to all of you who have shared this podcast with your friends. It really helps us. It makes the the word get out about our podcast a whole lot better. If you haven't already, maybe give us a rating on iTunes. That helps the almighty iTunes algorithm rate us higher. Check out our social media at collegeballnet. And head over to our website, collegebaseball.info, where we have tons of content and none of it is paid walled. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.